now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So the message God placed on my heart today is titled, The Reward of Seeking God. The Reward of Seeking God. God wants us to seek Him. And this is coming from Psalm 63. This is a psalm that David wrote, probably wrote about 73 of those psalms out of the 150. This is a psalm of David. And David is expressing here the fellowship that we have with God. And if David is expressing this at a time when God's people, God's servant can say, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. How much more we who have a fellowship with God based on Christ's finished work on the cross. And God has sealed us with his spirit for all eternity. And God looks at us and he sees us holy and without blame, covered by the blood of Jesus. Under a covenant that has been ratified, settled by the blood of Christ. How much more our sweet fellowship with God. Let's ask the Spirit to bless us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you and we ask God that you speak to our hearts from your word, dear God. Your word is living. Your word is powerful. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jaws to yourself, dear God. Let us hear your voice today. Change our lives, our hearts, our minds. Give us greater understanding. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Psalm 63. I want us to consider verses 1 and 2. In verses 1 and 2, we get a perspective of seeking God, seeking the very presence of God. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. God promises that when we seek him, we should find, we will find him. He is with us, but we have a responsibility to be seeking God also. And verses 1 and 2, O God, you are my God, early Will I seek you? My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have, I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. When we get up in the morning, our hearts ought to be, dear God, help me to seek you. When we read the word of God, it is about seeking God. 
As we go through life, it's about seeking God. As we go through the day, it's about seeking God. We're always seeking something. And God is telling us, seek him. When we serve him, it's about seeking God. I like the part that says, my soul thirsts for you. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to give, <coughs> to give us a thirst for God. To give us a longing for God. Sometimes when we are going through life trials where we feel that we are in a desert and it's dry, we see God. That's what God wants us to do. But we must ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And we must use the resources that God has given us. We must utilize those things that God has provided. God has provided his church. He has provided his gift. He has provided pastor, the gift of the pastorate. He says in Ephesians, I want you to appreciate the gift. Just the gift itself. I want you to appreciate that. Not even the charisma of it. He says, I want you to appreciate the gift itself. Yes, it will function, and it is functioning under the charisma, the movement of the Holy Spirit. But God says, I want you to appreciate that there is a gift, and the gift is pastoring. And I, am, I will call men... I will call them to be pastors. And I want you to appreciate that this is a gift from me. And I want you to utilize it as you seek me. I want you to utilize the church, the sanctuary. I'm going to look, God, I want you, God is saying to us, I want you to look for me in the sanctuary. When you come to church, expect me to move. Expect me to bless you. Expect me to move through the songs and the testimonies and those things. When you stay, <laughs> we stay away and we stay home, we're not utilizing what God has given for us to seek him. God wants us to seek him. And he made a way to make it possible. And that's why we come in God's sanctuary. That's why we say, dear God, give me opportunity to serve you, dear God within the context of a local church and to function diligently and to pour hearts in whatever we're doing, to labor at it the best we can, to give the best energy, to give all, all our strength, all our might, the best to the Lord, to learn new things, to understand new concepts, to not be afraid. Because why? Because we are seeking God. God says, I want you to seek me. In verses 3 to 5. Because your loving kindness is better than life itself. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. As with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. 
There is a reward when we see God. And here is this great reward. God says, when you seek me, you will experience praising me. God says, you seek me. And you will experience your lips praising me, exalting me. You will experience something that is better than life itself. You will experience my loving kindness. You will learn how to bless my name while you are alive. And there's a distinction here where we can easily say, one can say, well, when I die, I will be in heaven worshiping God for all eternity. This is true. But God makes it very clear. While we are alive, he wants us to experience him. He doesn't want us to compromise with some couple that when I get to heaven, then I will praise him. God says, no. David is saying, when you're dead, you're dead. You have no opportunity to praise him on this side of eternity. Is the idea. So while we are alive, there is that aspect. Dear God, I will praise you. There is another thought in that, and it's this. I live to praise God. I live to praise him. That's the reward of seeking him. Because if God is saying, as you seek me, you will live to praise me. Amazing context, isn't it? God says, that's why I'm giving you breath. Because I want you to praise me. I want you to experience praising me, which is my loving kindness. Nothing in life you should value more. What a blessing. God says to us, nothing in life you will value more than my loving kindness. And when you experience my loving kindness, you will praise me. That's why we have to take time. That's why he started by saying daily. We have to slow it down. Slow it down. And give God thanks. That's seeking him. So we thank God. We praise his name. We will never experience it until we put it into practice. We just simply wouldn't. We have to put it in practice. Our bones have to be, oh dear God, my soul is not going to be satisfied. My physical being until I bless your name. My emotions, my passions, my feelings, my desire, none, none of it will be satisfied until I praise you, Lord Jesus. Verses 6 to 8. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watch because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. 
My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. In other words, saints, God is saying, when we seek the Lord, we would remember what God has done for us. And we would remember that he and he alone is our help in the hour of need. God and God alone. He has been our help in the hour of need. Even if he uses someone else to do it, it is God who is doing it. This is not saying be by yourself as an island and think, well, it's just God. I am with God and God alone. I don't need help from, uh -uh, that's wrong. That is so faulty. That's way off. That's just plain selfish. God uses the church and he uses each other and he give a gift of exaltation and fellowship of the saints. But it is God doing it. It is God who is our help. And we look back and we reflect, dear God, that you and you alone carried me. God carries us. Your right hand upholds me. It's a good place to be, saints. It's a good place to be, to get up in the middle of the day, to get up in the morning and then in the middle of the day when you're faced with life trials and stress and situation to know God's right hand is holding me up. It's good when you think you're going through a storm. Right, Sister Yvonne? And you go through that storm as she shared in her testimony. That recent situation with her vehicle. And she knew God held her. Our sister Iris said, God held her. The right hand of God kept her. It's a good place to be. Verses 9 to 10. It builds on that. For those who seek my life to destroy it shall go in the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword, and there and they, they shall be a portion of four jackals. Now, they're going to fall as prey. What the Lord is saying is this, and here's the analogy here for us today. God is our protector. God and God alone is our protector. When someone coming against you, those who come against us, here is what we don't want to do. And if you're doing it, stop doing it. Stop fighting them. The battle belongs to whom? To God. Don't fight them. God is our protector. God fights all battles. Instead, what, what is under the new covenant, what God says, 
Pray for your enemy. Pray for their salvation. Pray that they come to Jesus. That's what we do. Why? Because God is our protector. Stephen, while he was being stoned to death, look up to heaven and says, do not hold this against them. Because he knew that in their foolish thinking, they're just being deceived by demonic spirits. They're rejecting Jesus. And so he prays for their soul. God is the one who carries us, and God is the one who fights our battles. Oh, we try to fight those battles that belong to the Lord. The devil will wear us out. We will get stress, anxiety, frustration, all type of things. And David is describing a worst-case situation. Those who seek my life to destroy it. And then this glorious psalm concludes with verses 11. But the king, this king here meaning David, so just picture this. David is putting himself here. Look at the person he is using. Look at his language. He says, but the king shall rejoice in God. He is saying, I am king, but I'm going to rejoice in God. I'm going to rejoice in my God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. He divides society into two groups. You're either speaking to glorify God or you're speaking lies. You're two groups. You're either glorifying God or you're not. And David is saying, even the king, I, David, I am going to rejoice in the Lord and I'm going to glorify his name. The reward of seeking God. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to give you time to find Hebrews chapter 11. We know this is a chapter of faith. But I'm going to focus today on one of these. And I believe that here, this person, Enoch, that he had this fellowship of seeking God exactly as David said in Psalm 63. Of course, he was way before David. So Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God 
had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. <clears throat> this is how we see God, saints. He pleased God. Plain and simple. Get up in the morning, dear God, I have to take care of the, of the cattle. I have to do what I have to do, but I'm pleasing you. And he did it with faith. He believed in God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. You must have faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and then that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, the reward of seeking God. The reward of seeking God. I can just imagine, you know, I can just imagine this brother. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's picture this man. He is walking with God. He is walking with Yahweh. He is speaking with him. He is hearing his voice. And every day he gets up and he is speaking with God. And he is walking with God. And in my mind, I can just see him so diligently seeking God that one day he is walking with God and he is so close to God in his fellowship that it became a very natural step that happened that he stepped right into eternity. The Lord in his right hand, come on Enoch. Come on, you're so close to me. And then the Bible says, once he is there, and then the Bible says he was not. He was not. What a fellowship. What seeking God. In today's language, it's simply this. The stock market. I had no concern about Enoch. World condition, no condition, no, no focus. Is my cell phone working? Uh-uh. Right? Election? The world, wars, rumors of wars. My fellowship with God is my fellowship with God. And he is so in tune with God. He is so much in fellowship with God. Every day you got a little closer to the Lord, a little closer to the Lord, a little closer to the Lord. The Lord said, just come on into my presence. The Bible describes it this way. He seek the Lord, and then he was not. The reward of seeking God. Okay? Saints, listen. We have an enemy. Let us not be naive now. He's called the devil. And he's standing against us. 
And he wants us to be distracted and to be seeking all type of things instead of looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But we have the Holy Spirit who is in us. And he is far mightier than the enemy. He who is outside, he is in us. And he is inside of us, nurturing our souls. Bringing the self and the flesh and the desires and all of that to an end. Battling our souls, it says, be your own independent person apart from God. The flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and the enemy is fighting that, fighting that flesh. And he's saying, no, I want you to walk with Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Hallelujah, thank you. I would love for this. I don't know. I would love for it to happen one day. It can happen. It happened to Enoch. It would be marvelous if it happened on a Sunday morning. I'm in fellowship with the Lord. And the Lord says, come on home. And then you look for me. What happened? To <laughs> I'm with God. The Spirit is in us, okay? And he wants us to seek Jesus, who is our Savior, and get the reward of our fellowship with Jesus. Okay? When you get up tomorrow morning, Jesus, whatever I do, please help me to be seeking you. You say that, and that old devil, the Bible, Lord says he's the old serpent, he comes to you and he says, oh, that's what you said, I have a plan for you. And he's plotting some kind of lie. Some type of thing to disturb our spirit. But remember David says, even our enemy, even in the storm, we're still seeking God. And we are experiencing him. And here why, we want to close with this. Here's why, saints. Because of one single truth is this. Our Lord Jesus says, I, referring to himself, will never leave you, nor forsake you. On the basis of that truth, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. My God will never leave me. Because that was not conditional on anything, a promise that I made. That is a condition that he made. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for your glorious promise that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Those who are listening, dear God, Lord Jesus, Thank you, Father. As your heart is being touched right now to accept you, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus.
believing in their hearts, Jesus, and accepting you as Savior. Thank you, Jesus. We want to give all those who are listening an opportunity to pray and believe in Jesus. As happened the last Wednesday, when someone right here in our sanctuary accepted Jesus as her Savior. For those who are listening around God's world, pray with us and accept Jesus today. Accept Jesus as your Savior because God has been seeking you and he is saying to you, come to him now and he promised you he will reward you. And he is going to reward you at this moment with the promise of eternal life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, by faith, I accept you as my Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for salvation. I believe and I trust in you. As my Savior, I accept the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Was left.